cool. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Real Talk in Real Time, your podcast giving you behind the scenes access with some awesome creative souls to hear how they keep things real in their lives and passion projects, mostly informal, off-the-cuff musings, and definitely a lot of real talk. Today, my guest is someone who is very, very, very special and dear to my heart. Uh, Jazz Hoppy is an introvert writer and blogger. He runs INF Club, a blog, podcast, and online community for INFs and INFPs, INFJs and INFPs. He cares a lot about personal growth, creating a life of freedom. And as an intuitive person, he continues to embrace and learn more about his sensitivity as an HSP, which I can certainly relate to. And when I say that this person is dear to me, Jazz and I met some time ago, and I can tell you he has been so instrumental in me starting this podcast and how I've grown as a writer. And so I'm more than pleased to have this opportunity to bring him to you today. So uh, having said all that, hey, Jazz, welcome to the show. Hey, Jay. Oh, thanks for such a lovely introduction. I know some of those words I kind of put together myself, which was nice to hear back. But also, uh, yeah, the feeling is so mutual. Um, It just feels like we just connected at an interesting time for us both. And since then, we've just kind of been vibing off of one another. Um, So it's especially nice to be, uh, yeah, speaking, speaking with you as a friend. uh, First, and then, you know, maybe, maybe a guest second. So thanks for having me. No, it's my absolute, absolute pleasure because, you know, you're you're such an interesting person, but you're good people, like you're good energy. And so that's definitely a, another reason why I think you and I relate. It's not only just an INF thing, but, you know, good people have a tendency to flock together. And so there you have it. <laughs> Com- completely. Yeah. You just uh, you just click with certain people for certain reasons. And like I say, we're both INF, so it feels like we can speak with that language of, you know, energy and, and kind of feeling that and yeah, again, I just think it's kind of been a mutual thing for us both. So yeah, this is fun. And so my listeners may hear that you have a bit of an accent. So that leads (laughs) me to ask, where are you from? And where are you now? Yeah, so I'm, the answer is, is, it's the same answer to to both of those questions. I'm um, kind of just outside of London in England. Um, Live in a like a, a suburb with uh, it's like a I guess you could call it it's like a town um, you know so kind of uh, still still people around but nowhere near as kind of crazy as central London and we're really fortunate we've got grass and green space um, there's a palace near us so to it's called Hampton Court Palace which some mm. folks know because um, there was a king called Henry the Eighth who lived here. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, it's like I say, it's, uh, it's just outside of London, um, a little bit quiet and a bit more green space, which is lovely for someone who's an introvert and, uh, you know, a sensitive <laughs> person. It's interesting. Uh, and I, we've talked about this very briefly before, but as an actress, I, I meet lots of people who as performers, they learn how to do an accent, how to, you know, be someone from another place. And for me, I, I hear when someone is quote unquote acting or putting on an accent, (laughs) Uh when I listen to you and I hear that it's genuine, I'm like, Oh, that is so cool. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, because I'm well. I'm guessing you you might have heard people do this accent, but it not be their actual accent. It um, isn't, and you know that there. I I will clue you in. For me, one of the ways that I can pick up when it's not is because there's a bit of a pause. Because even when you're like speaking a, another language, your brain usually you're going to your 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 native language and then translating that into this other language. And there is a slight pause for most people. And that's usually a, a dead giveaway for me. And so in listening to you, there's never a pause. Like you never have to stop and go, okay, how would I say that with this accent? <laughs> there. So you, so you know that I'm, you know, I'm not faking it. This is my accent. <laughs> Can you imagine if I just, you know, for the first time ever in, in this, in this conversation, I was just like, Oh, by the way, Jay, uh, I'm from, uh, I'm from, I'm from Texas, and I just came out with a southern drawl, which I can't do, by the way. But uh, that, that that would be quite amusing. Can, can you do a British accent? Did you ever have to do that as part of your kind of acting duties? Oh my goodness! So I had an opportunity to um, audition for a, a Noel Cowell play, hmm. and I have a really good friend who. Uh, tried to train me like I had the tapes but I thought no it's going to be so much better if I just drive around with someone and listen to their accent and it was my accent is awful mainly because a woman speaking versus a man is different and I didn't right. take that into account and and so when I tried it came out like this kind of cockney thing that really sounds awful and I was like yeah I'm, I'm never gonna do that ever well, again <laughs> it's funny you say that quite often when i hear like um I, I guess more often than not it's kind of americans doing british accents it's always um you know some sort of cockney accent mm -hmm, or just mm -hmm. like the really kind of posh hugh grant bridget, bridget jones uh, it's always one of the two um yeah, yeah I, did, I have to admit it's always quite amusing like hearing i love hearing and just like seeing british portrayals in like american films like He's always just someone, you know, quite uh, just kind of quite proper, also quite kind of silly, and uh, right. you know, maybe some of those stereotypes there. But it, it's fun. I'm actually watching. Um, so I think you know this. I'm a big fan of Columbo. Uh -huh. uh, I shared that on uh, one of your threads, actually, on your blog. <laughs> um, and I'm currently watching the episode where he goes to London to check oh. out like Scotland Yard uh, techniques. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, like I say again. It's interesting seeing just some of the just kind of Columbo uh, kind of doing his <laughs> thing and just making the British folks around him who are like you know Scotland Yard. They're supposed to be like the cream of the crop in terms of you know right. solving crime, and he's just very in his kind of unassuming Columbo-like way. Just um, yeah, basically just just teaching teaching them some some of some of his his stuff uh wow yeah it's fun i remember watching columbo growing up and it, it, it's something i probably have to rewatch because it was definitely one of my favorites it's like just i think there's something about um i mean as well as you know just liking kind of detective crime solving stuff mm -hmm. um the beauty of it is compared to other similar shows is you get to see i don't know if you remember you get to see who did it so you know mm -hmm. right from the start who the right. culprit is um and the kind of the 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 beauty of the epic of kind of watching it the entertainment comes from seeing how he figures it out it's like a different dynamic because you know who's done it um and then there's a whole i think just nostalgia of like 
70s and 80s where the, mm-hmm. the, the the quality of the video wasn't great and you've got like the old cars and you know just a kind of classic kind of elegant uh ways that people dressed um yeah i think i just all those things i just really like the nostalgia and i kind of like uh i think just stuff from that era in general really i'm definitely gonna have to put it back into my queue <laughs> so when that kind of leads me to this next question and you're connecting with people all over the world, right? In, in the work that you do. And so do you ever feel like because uh, you, you have this accent and that you're exposed to so many different people and so many different cultures, do you ever feel like um, that you need to be a certain way or have a certain persona to project like, Oh, I'm, I, I have this accent and I'm this person. Like, do you ever feel like you have this persona that you have to project versus who you really are? Yeah, that's a that's an interesting question. I, I I'd say yes, but I wouldn't necessarily say that comes from um, having my accent and being where I'm from. I think that's more just, uh, I think probably just the expectations I put on myself. And also, it's like a weird thing. Um, like you know, you know about the blog that I've got, and then you know I, I ran this summit, and you know since then I've been doing more kind of interviews. Um, and I think there's a bit of a weird thing where it's like, oh, because I've done this summit, I feel like I should be more of an expert now. Mm. And you find yourself kind of trying to um, hold that when you're connecting with others who then also also might kind of assume the same thing. And I, I got an email actually from someone overnight, which was lovely um, from, you know, someone who you know subscribes to the blog. And they they ended it with saying, you know, uh, really lovely message, such a lovely message. And she was like, uh, she ended it saying, um, you know, I, I kind of it's uh, I feel like I've kind of got it sounds strange, but I've gotten to know you kind of online. And so, I, you know, I just felt that I um, just wanted to share uh, some things about myself with you. And, you know, I'm sure you get so many of these messages. So I kind of thought about it, <laughs> but I did it anyway. And I was like, you know, in some ways it's. Um, uh, I was like, oh man, because I really, I really love receiving those messages, and I would mm. never want anyone to. I think that just something weird happens with perception online when you're kind mm-hmm. of in some sort of limelight, and um, in a way, you can also you can also feel like people feel less connected from mm. you because um, there's that barrier there. Uh, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about because I know I you've do. been. Yeah, you know, you've had to perform. Um, I know you've done, um, again, kind of work, uh, um, both kind of video and audio based where you're, you know, presenting. Um, Do you you know what I'm talking about? I do. And it's interesting because I think we initially connected on Twitter, right? And Mm -hmm. I have found that most often I will get a response from a CEO or someone that I'm like, oh, my God, they would never answer me. And they'll answer me on Twitter. And it's usually that same thing. Like, why are they answering me of all people? Because they're this person. Right. And over the years, through the course of my doing that, like literally, if I want to reach out to someone, I will try and find them on Twitter before trying to reach out to their PR person. And nine times out of 10, they'll answer me with like, hey, what's up? How's it going? You know, there isn't this pretense or this, you know, oh, my God, you pee on, you reached out to me. And so I think it's important for people to recognize that regardless of our standing or even how people view us, we're all people, 
you know, completely. And, and so, yeah, I just today, it's so interesting. I had someone reach out to me and she asked me about you and she asked me about INF club and she's like, what is this thing? And should I do it? And you know, who's running it? And so I was saying, oh, you know, it's jazz and he and I, and then it, it dawned on me, like, she doesn't know that about you. And so of course she would feel like, oh, you know, w- would he answer me if, if I emailed him? And I was just like, yeah, he totally would. <laughs> but we all, and, and, and like I say, we're, we're, we're talking about it and um, yeah, we, and we know logically, you know, everyone's human, but I think that is some, some, somehow, you know, lost or forgotten. And there's the whole thing that comes with, oh, if I send an email and then I don't mm-hmm. get an answer back, then I'm just going to feel silly. And, you know, all this stuff that goes on. So, yeah, that's so interesting. Um, yeah, it's a weird thing, isn't it? This whole perception of, um, mm-hmm. yeah, who people are and kind of status. And again, I think it's an ego thing in us and in society, which creates that in the first place. That's right. my feeling. So also we've talked before about labels, right? Mm-hmm. And so do you think of yourself as a creative writer, a blogger? Like what is your title or do you do you feel that you need to subscribe to one title? Yeah, again, great question. I really struggle with this because um, like my, my bio on Twitter is, it's a, kind of ties in with this. I have a real hard time um, – saying who I am and kind of what I do um, just because it either feels like I'm not doing myself justice and there's so many things I am um, mm-hmm. and it also feels quite limiting but also and then but then, and then I end up kind of thinking oh actually now am I being kind of fake and disingenuous because I've said I'm this but and I'm kind of feel like I'm winging it because I'm kind of still and I think Again, another reason for that is in the last four or five years, I've been in a bit of a state of evolution, it feels like, with kind of what Mm -hmm. I do, in quotation marks. Mm -hmm. Um, So I tend to, uh, you know, when I'm not freaking out, um, and I'm quite good at hiding the freak out, so most people don't really notice, (laughs) what I tend to do is, um, I think it depends on who asks, um, and I try and keep it just as simple as as, as possible. So... um, you know, I, I what do I what have I said at the moment? I think if you look on my kind of not mentioned my Twitter bio, I think I say I'm an INFP, I'm a writer, and I'm a blogger. And then I think I've got something a little fun at the end saying I'm a enthusiast of Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think what I'm tending to go with at the moment is you know INFP writer and blogger. And I guess you know I put that on Twitter because it most speaks to also the kind of people I also want to connect with and also, you know, that you know, feels most relevant. It kind of feels like who I am. Um, but then, you know, aside from that, I do tutoring work and I, I don't mention that um, in my bio, but, you know, I mentioned that on my kind of portfolio website that I've got. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can feel quite complicated and I can have some hard times answering that question. Um, and I feel like a bit of a, uh, a, just a human with lots of different moving parts and, and B, um this whole kind of portfolio career thing you know multi-potentialite really resonates with me and it, and it feels like it it's resonating um with with more and more of us as kind of the world is changing and then people are kind of more embracing you know their whole selves and, and wanting mm-hmm. to kind of create you know a life and, and work and an identity around those different parts 
Um, so I don't know if I've answered your question directly, but yeah, that's some of the stuff that gets thrown up for me when, uh, when people ask, you know, what do you do or what do you call yourself? Yes. And this is something that you and I have talked about at length, right? right? It's like, how do you, how do you sort of define yourself and, uh, how do you present yourself to the world so that they know how to be with you? You know, if someone is looking for writing or blogging or, or if it's a service that we offer, how do, how do they find you if you don't give yourself a title, which is not necessarily the same as how we see ourselves, right? Because I, I have embraced being multi-passionate. I do lots of things. Right. But there is no way that I can put all of those things in like a 50 word, 100 word bio, nor should I, because I think that's just a bit too much. <laughs> yeah. And, it's a, and it's, a, it's like a fine line. And when I say fine line, there is no right or wrong answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, if I write too much, I'm like, you know, this is a bit full on. Um, this probably comes from my need to, you know, for control and to try and be perfect. Um, but then on the other hand, you kind of want to do yourself, you know, justice and, you know, give a colorful, uh, representation, uh, of, of, of who you are, um, right. and the things that you do. So yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one. It is. And I, I think in one of the reasons why doing this podcast for me is so important is it's an opportunity for people to recognize that we're, we all have a common ground. We're we're all this, we're all different and yet the same in that we're all struggling at some, in some aspect in how we present ourselves, who we are, what's our purpose, how we present that. And that is not unique. And that's not anything that should be seen or received as negative or, um, it's just something that's a part of our, our personality and a part of our evolution, a part of our growth is saying, yes, I, I am capable of doing these many things and my deciding to focus on one thing or many things at any given time is a benefit and a blessing. And it's not to be looked upon as you're flaky or you, you don't have purpose. Or that you, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's really important. Um, and and I guess also to um, I, I guess on the kind of flip side of that is um, giving yourself permission just to work on one or two things at a time because mm-hmm. something I can do is get really excited and um, I just want to do all the things because like I'm a, I, I just there's so many things I kind of could do and want to do at any at any one moment in time but I've found that it's most conducive for me just to focus on one or two of those right. Um, and to maybe kind of write things down and just put put other things to the side whilst I focus on those one or two things. Um, but yeah, no, it's a work in progress and really important conversation to have because I think this is this is very real and I think a lot of uh, a lot of us um, you know find it a challenge or at least you know have this stuff on our minds. Um, so yeah, great questions. It's certainly, it's been taboo for a really long time, I think, for for any person to suggest, 
I am a Jack or Jane of many trades instead of one thing. This is the one thing that I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I'm going to make my income. I'm going to support my family with this one thing. And it's very, it's very a, a maverick mentality to come out and say, I'm capable of doing many things. I'm going to do many things. I may or may not make money at doing these things, but I'm still going to do them. And I think now more than ever is an opportunity for those of us who, who we're in positions of leadership in that we're stepping out there and saying, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this stuff. And it's not to say that I'm better than anyone or that I know exactly what I'm doing as I'm doing these things, but I'm still going to do them because this is a part of my growth and my path and, you know, and my evolution. I think now is the best time to do that. Completely. Yeah. Um, I couldn't agree more. And I think the, I think the, 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 fir- the first time I came, I, was kind of came across something which gave, gave me that permission was um emily wapnick who's got the ted talk and she's got a blog mm. um, putty like and she talks about multi-potentialites yes. and you know how you know you've got generalists and then you've got scanners and it was like oh actually i'm i'm kind of i feel like i'm more in the I'm more in the scanner camp um and then i know you know people like marie forleo have, have talked about introducing themselves as um you know um I forget I forget the part in, in, in our book exactly how it goes but she basically you know in answer to the question what do you do she just mm-hmm. embraces um being as you know a scanner and having a portfolio career mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. coming out and saying that as a thing like oh yeah actually I'm a, I've got a portfolio career I, I do this and I do this and again I just think that's that's just beautifully kind of just owning who you are and um yeah like I say kind of um whacking away some of those taboos in the process um because for a long time and even now you know it feels like you need to just have one answer to that question um, and that answer is your identity so um, right things are definitely changing for the better i feel and it's interesting i think earlier you nailed it for me there there was a point where i had thought about for a business card putting human <laughs> what do you do i live <laughs> yeah yeah i'm i'm pretty sure i've put that on my twitter bio at one stage <laughs> or another yeah just human you know because that is certainly something that we all have in common but then another on another occasion i i wanted to put you know when someone says what do you do anything i want <laughs> that, that's that's my bio again yeah just beautiful um maybe not maybe not the best in terms of like you know branding and communication uh, but i love it yeah i love the simplicity and just the openness and the freedom that that brings going that route and you know I've, I've empowerment completely <laughs> completely yeah i like it well, we'll we'll see what my next iteration is. But uh, so with everything that you do as a creative person, writing and blogging and everything else, how do you keep yourself organized? How do you manage productivity? <laughs> Me organized? <laughs> wow, I could have I could have just you know not said anything and be like, yeah, I've just I've been called and I've been it's been alluded to that I'm an organized person. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, um. For me, so I um, this is this is actually important, a really important question because organization isn't my forte, and I mentioned that freedom is really important to me. And I mm. think uh, kind of the, the the dreamer version of that is you know jazz wakes up and he does whatever he wants. But I've you know mm. realized that that isn't conducive to a getting things done and b my mental health. 
Um, so having a routine and structure of sorts is helpful. Um, I find that mornings are really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably that time before bed as well. And, uh, yeah, then there's that kind of bit in the middle, which, um, again, still has a bit of structure. So I like, I like to, so on a good day, um, choose two or three things that I want to do that day. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, yeah, some, there's a, someone, someone I followed online had something called the three most important things. So just choose, a, you know, three most important things you want to do and, you know, tick them off um so yeah i think it, that's one of the things actually which i um you know i'm working on right now just kind of finding my sweet spot in terms of having enough of a having enough of a a, a structure but not feeling confined by it um and yeah and i think kind of zooming out from that journaling really helps me just to check in with kind of where i'm at and whether i've got too much on my plate Mm. Uh, whether I need to mix things up a bit um so it's yeah I think it's kind of a mixture between having kind of enough of a structure through writing down those couple of things um starting the day off well in the morning mm-hmm. so at the moment that's uh kind of getting up I might do some journaling and then I might go for a walk and like a little workout in the park near me um okay. and then at, generally speaking I lo- I think I prefer to do my um creative work in the morning um and just to be with myself and in my body um rather than you know if i'm doing tutoring or i've got calls or you know i'm recording interviews um they're they're great i find them really nourishing but it can take me away from me and it uh, it take can take me a little bit while to settle back down to myself again and feel grounded and be Mm -hmm. present with you know kind of writing so yeah um kind of creative work in the morning and uh, other stuff later on and uh, yeah as I say I'm kind of still still really figuring out figuring that out as I go but I've definitely identified that um, I need to have enough structure without feeling overwhelmed by it right now that's actually and you've made that recommendation to me before and I think it was Lawrence Zapala, our mutual friend that she said for her, it's top five. And so I've kind of like, I do my top three or top five and that's been helpful. A a bigger issue for me though, is that my three or five, they have subcategories. So my three or five will turn into 10 if I'm not careful, but I do, I, I like that concept of, you know, getting the creative stuff done before doing the business stuff because personally I tend to do an intermix of all of the above and that doesn't always serve me <laughs> it's interesting you say that so um we're currently uh in in on I'm in London we're in in lockdown um and I needed to kind of go back to basics and actually give myself a routine but also like a, a better mm-hmm. one for um I guess kind of the the change in circumstances on my list of three things to do, number one and three were just to be in my body, whether it was journaling or, you know, something with my family or, you know, being outside or moving or whatever it might be. Um, and then number two, <laughs> sounds so lovely in principle. Number two was just like filled with like a bunch of tasks, like mm. or, or squeezed into that number two. 
I've been really I'm so proud of myself one and three jazz being your body are oh, so beautiful <laughs> and the number two was just admin and this list of this or list of all this stuff um I think and I think for me um Jay oh as much as I can to give myself like single bits to do and I'm trying to again be less on my laptop so you know kind of mm. actually write things out and then type it up because I realized that I, my laptop and just me as a person, I can't help myself. I really like tinkering with stuff. I am not, I'm just, I think again, it's a bit of a perfection thing. I'm always, I might give myself something to do. Um, And to be honest, at the moment I'm doing a lot, it feels like I'm doing a lot of tinkering only because, um, I've just started stuff and you know when you you know when you're uploading stuff and you're still kind of getting the format in place and you're still having to do things for the first time before you've got templates um an element of tinkering is involved so yeah I try and give myself tasks to do and you know limit the tinkering or you know I I call Friday my admin day where I'm more allowed Uh to you know do some of the Mm -hmm. more kind of mundane um admin-y tasks um and like I say, I just try and focus on like creative, you know, like kind of deep work, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I say all of this in principle, you know, that's what I'm kind of aspiring to. It doesn't always right. work out that way in practice. Now, do you have any like favorite apps or any type of software that helps you to keep this or what you're hoping to have as a ideal situation? Yeah, so um, I mean, as a as a like a general thing, I've realised recently I, I actually don't want to spend more than four hours on my laptop a day, mm. um, and that includes video calls, that includes stuff I'm creating, and that's you know two in the morning, two in the afternoon. Um, so I think that you know cutting to like the the root, if you like, is laptop mm-hmm. time on laptop. Uh, I you know, for a bunch of reasons I want to spend less time on my laptop. Um, then there are things like uh, there's an app called freedom which lets you block stuff and you know you can make exceptions but you can for 15 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour say i'm going to block this stuff just so i can't use anything Um, but say make an exception for i don't know uh gmail you know just in case i'm doing a i've got a call coming up and um you know i need to click the link or you know whatever it might be um so uh yeah i quite like quite like using that um and yeah just for me it's just trying to be more intentional about what i'm doing and just do one thing at a time without um you know flicking in and out of stuff or flicking from twitter to my emails to checking the news or you know whatever it might be okay Um, so that sounds very judgmental jazz thank you so much (laughs) judgmental on what on myself on me all right yeah um well yeah like like i say that might be that might be working out well for you mate i I don't know but i i for me um and i think i'm just realizing it like how i feel but also in stuff i'm reading like i'm I'm reading one of cal newport's books at the moment who talks about deep work and i'm just like yeah my i would really want to change my relationship with um technology and uh Mm. Just because, like I say, the in a worst case scenario, I, I spend all day on the laptop, yeah. flitting in and out of stuff, 
tinkering with stuff feeling really like crappy because I've got into this state of like um like I worry about whether I've this is right or if I need to change it again and then I've just spent the whole day doing that and and actually just not getting a lot done and I feel crap so um yeah it's just trying to change that really no I I certainly appreciate that because I find myself there a lot because my time even though you know I'm a freelance professional, I've been doing freelance work from home stuff for years. My time is still limited because I still have a job that I go to and I feel like I have client work and that, that sort of takes me away from my creative work. So my creative time for me to work on my projects is actually diminished. And so if you like whittle that down, creative time, admin time, it's even less so. So that's probably a bigger reason why I'm flitting in and out of stuff, but I, I do appreciate that you're, you're giving me that reminder that I need to step away from flitting and spend a lot more time on my creative stuff since my time in, in that realm is very, very limited. So thank you for that. Yeah. And like I say, it's, it's, it's useful. You're welcome. It's useful for me talking about this stuff out loud as well, because it kind of helps me shape and reinforce and also realize certain things. So you know, when I was talking about exceptions and I used a Gmail example and I gave the reason, oh, you know, because I might need to connect with, I might have a call that's coming up. I've just realized, again, there's ways around that. You know, I could save the Zoom link at the start of the day mm-hmm. um, and still have email blocked. Because, again, like I say, emails is another one for me because um, I don't I don't get alerts um, on my Mac or my, my, my mobile phone. But... Um, what that can sometimes lead to is just this weird um, kind of incessant checking of emails. And I think, oh. again, that comes from like an underlying um, uh, underlying anxiety um, maybe. And, you know, especially if I'm kind of worried about stuff and, you know, I'm, I'm, I can just be checking, you know, a lot. So, yeah, like I say, it's just really useful talking about this stuff out loud because I feel it, it helps kind of cement things for me as well. I will say that one thing that I've done for the last few months, and it's been really helpful, is that I don't get alerts on my phone so that anytime I'm on my computer, that's work time. So that is my time for social stuff. So, And it's interesting because I have people that they're like, well, why didn't you see my, my update or see my whatever? And I'm like, if it wasn't during business hours... I'm not going to see it until the next day because I didn't get that alert on my phone. So that's been helpful for me is to not have the alerts on my phone so that when I close my laptop, that means I'm unavailable. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Alerts are just intense. Yeah. I I think I, um, yeah, I, I I switched those off a a little while ago and also, you know, WhatsApp, I, I don't think you use WhatsApp, Jay, but, um, just turning like the read receipts off as well mm-hmm. is just quite quite nice and quite freeing. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely yeah. finding finding a sweet spot. I mean, I, I get alerts for my my text messages and I get alerts from Google Hangouts because the people who have access to those are my people, you know. But yeah, if it's if if it's work related, then it's it's relegated to work time, which you know, for you, a big part of your work is INF Club how how did you come to create INF Club and tell us what INF Club is to begin with? Yeah, so um, 
I was actually thinking about this recently. I, since um, 2015, so I kind of left my job to go back and study a master's and just, you know, figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Um, I started blogging and mm-hmm. I I think I just discovered I was an introvert and, you know, uh, I kind of just took it from there. But I've always really blogged about um, personal growth and I guess from the lens of, you know, being an introvert. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of INF Club is probably my fourth or fifth blog I've run for introverts on kind of that theme or subject, if you like, of personal growth. Um, I guess it's kind of for specific introverts, if you like, INFPs and Js. Um, and it's kind of introverts who, uh, I guess, identify as being highly sensitive. Like a lot of um, a lot of INFPs and Js are introverts, but also they identify with, you know, being sensitive or kind of intuitive, you know, empaths and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so it's just kind of really naturally just happened and, as a result of, you know, my blogging and, you know, kind of slowly uh, just moving forward and things just kind of organically and naturally taking shape, I found myself, you know, more drawn to, I guess, in line with my own journey. You know, I was an introvert and then I realised I was an INF type and, you know, that came with its unique stuff. Um, and then I get, I think above that, as well as kind of writing about my stuff, I've just always been, um, and again, I've been part of communities myself, community is really important to me um for different reasons i just think people like-minded people coming together it can be so nourishing in different ways um so i kind of wanted to you know have a blog but also you know have a i guess into community kind of connection and discussion and not just a bit not not it not just be about me kind of sharing my stuff if that makes sense yes definitely um so yeah like I say I'm I'm, I still really feel like it's uh kind of early days and it's it's coming together you know my blogging journey continues but um yeah I think I've just always been interested in in kind of personal growth and uh uh you know whether it's um you know figuring out what you want to do work-wise again that's something you know which I've I've been doing and a lot of others a lot a lot of others seem to at one point or another whether it's you know managing your energy you know kind of meditation you know health wellness stuff um yeah kind of talking about that stuff and then i guess just providing a place for us all to come together because for whatever reason we feel a little bit different a little bit odd and there's a lot of kind of shared experiences uh we have and uh yeah that's kind of where the community peace comes into it so as i say it's just it's really it sounds sounds a bit silly it's just just kind of happened um organically given a little bit of a boost if you like by the summit that i co-hosted with um that mutual friend of ours you mentioned earlier lawrence apala mm-hmm. um but yeah uh just uh i just like blogging and and talking about stuff and then that eventually led to me uh, talking about stuff for INFPs and Js, and, and then here we are. Well, I love INF Club. I, you know, obviously being a part of the INF Summit was really interesting to see so many other INFPs coming together, INFJs and INFPs. But then also 
going back to the INF club after that and seeing, especially that introduction post that you did, seeing how many people were just all over the world and, and, you know, recognizing and relating and having conversations and saying where they were from. I was like, these are introverts. Okay. People that are not afraid to speak up and introduce themselves, but only because they're in this safe place of the INF club. So I'm, I'm grateful for the space. I love reading and listening to the podcast interviews that you're doing. So I, I love, I love the trajectory that I see um, the INFP, INF club that, you know, and how you're bringing people together and just how you're adding different elements as, as it's growing. So I'm, I'm very grateful. Well, thanks Jay. That's really kind of you. And yeah, it's, um, I'm mostly just kind of following, following my gut and my instinct with, with kind of what to do with it. Um, and as I say, that community piece is really important. So I'm just trying to find, uh, I guess as much as I can ways of bringing kind of people together. And, um, like I say, there's different strokes for different folks. And, um, I think people feel comfortable with different things at different times. So, you know, you might start out initially kind of introducing yourself in the forum, but then actually if you're, if you're kind of wanting to go in a little bit deeper, um, there's these kind of virtual co-working sessions that I've recently started. So yeah, it's, it's been fun. Again, I'm trying not to um, do too many things with it at once because I get excited and then I end up, Mm. you know, um, giving myself, (laughs) filling my plate too much and giving myself too much to do and giving, you know, myself more opportunity to freak out and and tinker with stuff, uh, which we've already, you know, said that I don't, I, you know, it's not, not good for me. Um, but yeah, no, it's been a lovely experience so far and I'm yeah excited to kind of see where it goes from here. So I've got what I think could be a loaded question. I, it may come off as heavy, but I'm really interested to, to hear your response. So I'm going to give you a few seconds to, t- to think about it. If you can sum up in one or two, two words, What's the most important lesson you've learned over the course of your creative journey? Mm. That is a question. Could you say in a couple of words? If you can, well, I'll take, I'll take a paragraph. (laughs) (laughs) A sentence maybe. Um, And what it, it, and it's uh, just, sorry, just so I'm clear what, what I've learned on my creative journey. Yes. I think that um, there's no right answer. Mm. Um, And it's something I need to keep reminding myself of. You know, whatever comes out is is supposed to come out just as it is. Um, Mm. Kind of unfiltered. Um, I love that. So let it, whether it's, you know, a blog post or a piece of poetry or, you know, some fiction that you're writing, there is no right answer. And in fact, I think the only right answer is whatever it is that comes out on the page. I really, really like that. I think that is extremely insightful and inspiring to people who are, worried or concerned at how do I do this and how do I do it right? Mm, exactly. Which is a big one, I think, for, for many of us. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's awesome. I know that that's kind of loaded, but I knew if anyone could handle it, it would be you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I have to um, embarrassingly warn you, Jay. Um, I'm on low battery and I've just tried to plug the charger in and my charger isn't playing ball. Oh, okay. so it, this didn't, I don't know if you remember this, this happened not that long ago. So this is yeah. quite a new charger. So it looks like, um, I'm not going to be getting much work done tomorrow. <laughs> cause that, I'm not going to have a charger. Which is probably a good thing. <laughs> which, is, which might be a good thing, but I also wanted to warn you just cause I'm on a couple of percent. So we could die and it's, um, sorry, a little bit frustrating. So, uh, Sorry about that. I guess we could always record another bit and somehow put the bit, put the two parts of the recording together. But anyway, well, I'm just you, giving you that you, warning. You know that you're someone that I'm going to be speaking with again anyway, because you are just such an important person in my life. You're a wonderful creative. I continue to learn from you, believe it or not. And I am just pleased that we've had this amount of time to, you know, kind of let listeners know who you are and where they can find you. And just, again, that you're just someone who's so inspiring to me. And so I thank you for this time, but I'm going to keep going as though we have more time. (laughs) Sounds good. Yeah. Um, Again, really lovely uh, of you to say, and um, absolutely. But yeah, just like I said, just to warn you, if I, if I drop off, that'll be why. (laughs) No worries. Well, one of my wrapping up questions is out of everything that you do, being so busy with work and with, with client stuff, what do you do for pleasure? Like, how do you, how do you decompress? What's your guilty pleasure? Yeah. Um, how do I decompress? I think firstly is just giving, giving, I'm a, um, I'm, I'm, I'm working on it, but I'm a bit of a workaholic. Mm. Uh, and I think the first part of that is just giving myself permission to stop working at a certain time of day um you know five six o'clock in the evening um and then what do i like to do yeah um i guilt watching colombo uh watching (laughs) other stuff on yeah you know netflix um i've got a kindle so i'm really enjoying I, i went through i've gone through I think for a while I've not really been reading anything, but I've just ordered a couple of things on Kindle. So I've been enjoying those. Um, yeah, not, not doesn't sound uh, extremely guilty in terms of those pleasures that I have, but hopefully that's uh, funky enough for you. Well, I mean, if you find that those things are restorative and it gives you so. a break from, you know, quote unquote work, then yes, we can, we can count them. <laughs> Also, just being just being outside, um, feet on the ground, back on the floor. I love having my back on the floor. I love doing twists. So this is where some of you know my kind of stretching and yoga of the past as uh, yeah help continue, continues to serve me. Um, but yeah, being outside and kind of feet on the ground as well, whether it's inside or outside. That's awesome. And again, top, top, uh, just feet on the ground just feels so nice. <laughs> An example for me that I I need to uh, get more of that in my life. Um, so with with INF Club, you know, you on the heels of the summit, which was an awesome success. What else do you have going on? What's on the horizon for you? Um, yeah. So it's I continuing to lean kind of into INF Club, and uh, you know, I've just uh, I'm kind of recording conversations. 
And I believe we will have to continue with Jazz on another occasion, which he kind of warned me about, which, you know what, that's fine because that's the other beautiful thing about Real Talk is we keep it real uh, and we don't try and have too much of a polished show. And so a lot of things that Jazz and I talked about during this episode, I will make sure that the links are in the show notes that you can find him at infclub.substack.com. And uh, of course, his social media links and some other things that we mentioned in the episode as well. Again, just for my listeners to recognize that today I was talking with Jazz Hathi over at uh, INF Club, and um, I'm going to make sure that I follow up with him so that we can get a part two to this episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and I'll speak with you again soon.